Welcome, everybody, to the Fighting With Myself podcast, the podcast for the above-average MMA fan, hosted by a pretty average man. But I do have some exceptional human beings joining me. Uh, if uh, anyone uh, has been listening to my show for a long time, you may remember the Turbo Team episode where I had the homies from the group chat on. We are down a, a member, but I'm happy to be joined by Mr. Freelance Goon and Mixed Demand. What's up, fellas? What's up? What's going on, Juice? Thank you for having me on your program today. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I uh, I wanted to do a show today, and I couldn't do it without you guys. I'm so thankful we were able to get this done. And how about those fucking fights, yo? That was amazing. Couldn't do it without us. So they calls us after his original host canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He goes, uh, I couldn't do yeah. this episode without you. <laughs> he he DM'd Stop. Stop. <laughs> I I made up that story just so I could have an excuse to ask you guys. And we're like, yeah, I guess so. And just pities us into it. But we're happy to be here. Exactly. And the fights were sick last night. Yep. Yeah. Start. What was the first one? Uh, Amir Uh, Alabdazi versus. I'll let Juice take those names. This is a good fight, though. Yeah, Yeah, Juice. Pronounce the names, Jordan. Yeah. Amir Albazi versus Zalgas Zumogulov. Um, I gotta say, uh, that was a hell of a scrap. Flyweights always deliver, and um, Albazi was just beating up that lead leg. Yeah, I was not aware of that guy. He was ranked top 15 in the world, and I didn't even. What's his name again? Say it again. Uh, Amir Albazi. Albazi. Okay, I can say that. Yeah. He, was he the he one was... who was ranked, or was his opponent the one that was ranked 15? Oh Jesus! This is off the rails. I, I thought, it was, but no, that's. Uh, I just didn't know one of them was a top fifteen ranked flyweight. You know, I didn't even haven't even. I honestly could say I haven't heard of him. But yeah, that was a real high level fight to start the card, and yeah, it was a clear decision. I thought for Albazi. Yeah, Albazi was fifteenth ranked. I didn't know who the fuck he was, but he looked good, man. It was a it was a good scrap. Yeah, but that's just kind of a testament to Flyway, right? Like, they canceled the division for a bit, and they're like, oh, fuck it, let's bring it back. And so they signed some people we haven't heard of. So we're just kind of, like, getting to know these people um, on the fly. Pardon the pun, but... Yeah, it's a testament <laughs> to, like, their lack of promotion, too, because I'm a pretty hardcore fan, and I don't... never even heard of the top 15 guy. He probably was stuck on some fight pass prelims somewhere, you know, so... Absolutely. Or Fucking Brave FC or whatever. But I was really happy that about the Nick Lentz fight. Um, anytime Nick Lentz uh, loses, it's good for me. Uh, it, it's great. For the everybody. one judge was on crack. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> yeah, how is that a he's, split decision? Uh, who knows? He didn't uh, there's win always any the one. Of that fight. He didn't win any facet of that fight. I mean, I mean, he yeah, had the guillotine uh, for a little bit, but as far like, I, I don't think he won any round. Yeah. Yeah, but the I mean, what are you going to score around for submission attempts? He he, right. you know, he failed on the attempts and then got beat up. I mean, yeah, that kid was good. I mean, he's fifteen and zero, or he's unbeaten, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna. He want. He called for someone top fifteen, but I mean, he's someone to watch at lightweight. I think for sure. Or flyweight was it? Forty-five? What was it? Sorry. It was one fifty. It was a catch weight. So what is he going to be? Is he going to be a featherweight or flyweight or what's he doing? He fought previously at lightweight. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think he's going to be someone to watch at 55. He looked good. I mean, Nick I Lentz, hate Nick I Lentz, he's... but you know, I mean, a win over Nick Lentz is it? 
it's it's a good win, right? I mean, right, it, yeah. it stands for something. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's a good, that's a quality win. I love that you stand all the Minnesota guys, Meg, but like when it comes to Nick Lentz, you're like, nah, fuck him. Dude, fuck Nick Lentz. Um, it's funny because we're we're the same age, and he went to Bloomington Jefferson High School, which is where all my cousins went. So they they knew him, and I don't. Know, I just I've never liked the guy. He's always just been a fucking dope. No, absolutely. Um, it's funny. Like I I think I I put I put a couple tweets about like fuck Nick Lentz, and there's this one guy from Minnesota that was like, I trained with him. He was a really nice guy, and I was like, get out of here. No, yeah. he wasn't. Like the <laughs> second day of my FOCO Groupon class, that dude wrapped me up like a pretzel just to make a point. And I was like, you're fucking pro fighter, you asshole. Yeah. Like, fuck off, man. I thought he was a dickhead. Did you really get beat I up? I love hearing that? that. Sort of, not really. Oh, wow. More or less. I heard that one. Well, it was my BOGO Groupon uh, experience. Um, oh, it was a Groupon, shit. buy one, get one uh, class free for jujitsu, and he was there. And long story short, I, my buddy who was taking me there, we were kind of going back and forth over something, and Nick's like, no, that's not how you do it. And I didn't know who he was, so I'm like, okay, like, whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, man. <laughs> You're, do your thing. I'm talking to this guy. He's like, no. And he like just walks over, wraps me up like a pretzel, and was like, that's how you do it. And I'm like, bro, this is day one. I don't know half of what you just did. Yeah, that's, that's a weird fuck. approach. So it's always fuck Nick Lentz in this house. Yeah, that's kind of a weird approach. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was like the one jujitsu I class, uh, the one jujitsu class I took. I rolled with a brown belt <laughs> for like three minutes, but uh, I, I signed up for it. I was like, let's go. Let's see how many times you can tap me. And he fucking did. Um, that's great. That's madness. Also, really happy for the Khalil Roundtree fight. However, I disagree with the judges. That was fucking yeah. bullshit. No, I, I know how it, you guys uh, feel. I had it for Roundtree too, for sure. I didn't. Um, it was a close. It was a close fight. I mean, it wasn't like real, like right. like the judge giving it for Lance. It wasn't that crazy of a. But um, yeah, I had it for Roundtree. He had the bigger shots, the, the more. Uh, you know the more damaging strikes in the fight, Same. and it was kind he of was like close to point. finishing a few times too. Yeah, that's I think what I mean. he that's the problem. Big... He like he can't put his foot on the pedal. Like Khalil Roundtree always just feels tentative in a fight to me, and I feel like that's what lost him this fight. Is he just never really he he he'd get a few good combinations going, and then he kind of step back, and he just never really let it fly when I think the opportunities presented itself. I, I thought he won the fight, but I sort of understood how the judges went the other way, despite not agreeing with him. I guess that's true. I mean, I think he was like worried about getting gassed, um, which is like, like it's, which is as bad as getting gassed. Like when you're worried about getting gassed, it's the same <laughs> as getting physically gassed. Like it doesn't that's help. True. You. Yeah, but that's that's something mixed right. That's a real skill that fighters either have or they don't have. Is that killer instinct where it's like you can't be worried about your tank. You got to sense that hey, I can finish this fight right now. Like, Fedor was probably the best of all time at it. Like, when there's blood... You saw it last night with Dustin Poirier. There was blood in the water, and he just... Yeah. He, he <sighs> ended it, you know? So, the best guys do have that killer instinct where if they land a good combo or a good shot, they're going to follow it up, you know? And, yeah, he is... He he's There's a fine line between being methodical and, and you know, just not having killer instinct. And he needs to... Uh, he needs to find that killer instinct because he could get some finishes in that division. He looks good. He looked good on the feet. But... For sure. 
I'm going to be playing that clip of Dustin Poirier knocking out Conor McGregor over and over for as long as I possibly can. It's already going to be the most overused meme on the on the timeline right now. It is the the sleepy one. (laughs) People are already like doing like with the Bernie one. They're just like, let's see if we can run this into the ground. Like, yeah, the Bernie one went from funny to like, Jesus Christ, you guys. Yeah. Hey, how about Juliana Pena and Sarah McMahon? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I really liked this fight, and like when Sarah McMahon was having success early, I was like, "This is exactly what I uh, expected." Like I, I just watched uh, Juliana Pena go three rounds with Jermaine Durandamy, who's a kickboxer, and get choked the fuck out. I was like, "Come on! Like, what is happening here?" And then somehow she just turned it around, and she took her back and got that. Uh, rear naked choke, which was awesome, but then, she, but then she's like calling for a title shot. It's like sit the fuck down. Like what? No. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. She's gonna get smoked by new. But really, what else do you do when you're the? I mean, it's women's bantamweight is not. It's not a Shark Tank. Let's just say that. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you get a submission win on a big pay per view. I would. I would do the same thing. I. I said that after she won. I was like, I'd call out Nuna. You know, she's gonna get paid the most she's ever That's been paid. True. And I mean, what else are you doing if you're not trying to get a fight with Nunes? Um, the fight itself. I mean, it looked like a Sarah McMahon fight. I mean, it's. Yeah. it's <laughs> it, they're, they're not Whew. fun to watch. I mean, she she gets to get to take down never tries to pass guard and just sits there. I mean, I thought Pena landed the better shots on the ground and she was on her back the whole time, you know, and then, uh, you know, Pena looked good. And uh, it was, I can see her calling out for that fight, but I agree. I just, I don't, I don't think she, I think she needs another win. And I think when, if she does face Nunes, it's, uh, I mean, Nunes is better on the ground than Pena. Like flat yeah. out, so that's I scoffed at the call out. Like, like really? Yeah. You're gonna call Amanda Nunes? Uh, okay, best of luck with that. But then, who really is there? Yeah, I mean, I have an idea. What do you guys think about uh, Pena versus uh, Aldana? Uh, yeah, great. Give her somebody in the at the top. She can't go right to Nunes though. You know, it's not right. Or Holly Holmes, as they both came off a win, but no. I like Aldania. Yeah, I think that's a great fight, actually. UFC should book that right away. I mean, they got to do something. I don't know. They got to. They got to find. They got to buy time till some new contenders can come through here. Yeah, yeah. They that division needs some blood for sure. Like, how is contender series not just 135 pound women just Shark Tank? Just just try to find one. That's a good point. They need to fill out that division for sure. Like when they're like, "Oh, this is contender series." Here's a lightweight. Are you fucking kidding me? Really? <laughs> Just sign the guy. Like, go right? Get some fucking idiots at 135 pounds, 125 pounds. Go get some goddamn flyweights, some heavyweights, some light heavyweights. Like, quit stacking these already stacked divisions. Go get some 135 pound chicks and see if there's any diamonds in the rough out there. That's why I stopped watching Contender Series because Dana White has the fucking gall to to book a bunch of lightweights and featherweights and then go like. Well, that could look good, but uh, it's a numbers game. You know, we have a full roster. I'm like, bro, then why, why did you bring him on? <laughs> it's fucking wild. Um, this, this next fight I thought was really good, the Brad Tavares versus uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. Um, what did you guys think? Yeah, Brad Tavares. He's When I was watching it, I was like, he's somebody that I think is pretty criminally underrated. Like, 
looking back, that uh, loss to Izzy has aged really well. He went twenty five yeah. minutes. He went twenty five minutes with Izzy, and it wasn't a complete, you know, steamrolling. Like he's one of those guys. He's not really great anywhere, but he's good everywhere, and he's big middleweight. You know, he's just. I think he's like a fringe top fifteen guy his whole career type deal. And I think uh, he's always going to be boxed in as like a high level gatekeeper. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, but he's but look a, at, still an elite, elite fighter in a really deep class, and he uh, that was a that was a great fight for him. I have the hardest time picking his fights because I always, if I underestimate him, he does what he does. Like I, I was picking Shoe Face in that fight. I was like, oh, he's gonna choke him out. Like this is easy, and then he goes in there and is impossible to take down. He looked like fucking WC Aldo in there with the with the takedown defense, and then just beat the shit out of him. It was amazing. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And you know when you look at who he's lost to, Edmund Shabazian, Israel Adesanya. I don't know who that guy is, but. Um, <laughs> Robert Whitaker, Yoel Romero, oh, Tim wow. Bosch. I mean, the only loss you guys think you could fault him for maybe is the Tim Bosch loss, but the rest of these guys are. <laughs> he shouldn't be losing to Tim Bosch. <laughs> There's no shame in losing to Yoel, Robert Whitaker, the up and coming Israel Adesanya, and uh, Edmund Shabazi. I mean, there's, there's no shame in that. So, you know, I think he's a high level gatekeeper. I don't see him uh, getting into contendership anytime soon, but. I, I like guys like that, man. You right. always know they're game for a good fight. And and I thought he looked terrific. He thought he looked exactly as how he should be marketed. Get past him and you can go fight in the top ten, top five. Yeah, I agree. I uh I think why I have a hard time like getting on board Brad Tavares is because when he fought Christoph Jaco, he he TKO'd him probably the first round, I think, which is like great, but you're supposed to do that. And then it, they were like Oh, uh, Brad Tavares gets his first TKO since 2011, and I was like, "That—that's it. That's where it is." So, damn, that's going back really far. How long ago was that? The Jocko fight, I think, was right before Izzy, uh, so probably 2018. Yeah, and there then, it is. So, so it was like seven years before he got a finish. Yeah, he's not. Uh, he's not exactly fireworks, but like I, it looked. That's why I said it looked like a Brad Tavares fight. You know. One hundred percent. But yeah, like, but, like you've been saying, it's he's he's consistent. I just yeah, I just like a consistent gatekeeper. You know the name. It's not like some revolving door of no names. Like oh, who's this guy? You know, it's it, it's good to have some, you know, stalwart gatekeepers. that have been there forever. Yeah, but like you said, Juice, I had no idea his takedown defense was on that level. He looked like a he was a brick fucking house every time. Shoe face clinched up with him he just hit a brick wall he could not even he didn't even get close to a takedown i don't know what the numbers were on it but yeah he was stuffing the takedown like crazy and then won the dirty boxing ugly clinch match you know yeah and that was uh coming off of acl surgery apparently which is even more impressive extremely i just realized the next fight armand sarukian versus matt frivola was cobbled together because they both lost the opponent, and Matt Frivola <laughs> was supposed to fight Amon Azatar before getting booted the fuck out of the UFC and assumingly out of Abu Dhabi as well for smuggling in a bag of whatever. Let's talk about that for a second. Holy <laughs> shit, that was a probably story. more interesting than the fight. Uh, what was yeah. in the bag? What is in the bag? That's the million dollar I, question. It, it yeah. has to be a blood transfusion or an IV. That's what I was thinking, like an IV. Some, some, something to do IV with juicing, bags. because what, what else could be that important he's not a 
he's a high level athlete. He, I don't think he's a junkie where he needed drugs that bad. I don't think it was like narcotics. I think it was narcotics. I think it was like some he needed that IV drip and to get the dope out or something. I don't know. I really hope it was something like sex toys and and like a bunch of fucking cocaine or whatever just for like a post fight party. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think you guys are right. It's 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 some kind of like EPO or IV bags or yeah. You don't know, but the the truth is he ruined his career. I mean, he's done. Like he was, he was one of the more excited exciting fighters on this undercard you know he was starching everybody and i, I was excited for that fight so hell yeah shame, but but uh I'm, I'm interested to see uh if anything comes out and we can find out what the hell was going on what he you know what was in that bag what <laughs> so it was like some shit out of a movie the guy apparently okay. he had somebody scaling balconies yeah they, like, they yeah, snuck in got into a hotel and over. like shimmied across four balconies <laughs> yeah that's legit. that's insane he probably up to up to nothing. He's yeah, he's not up to anything sketchy at all. Why are they making no. all these shitty MMA movies about like a grizzled veteran that's coming back and they're not making a movie about shit like this? Like if yeah. any writer in Hollywood doesn't hear about this story and wants to make a movie out of it, they're <laughs> absolutely out of their mind. You got guys fucking parkouring in Abu Dhabi with steroids. <laughs> wait, wait, this guy's he's German? Atman Azatar? I think he's German, like he was maybe living in Germany, but he has um, like a different uh, background. I just assumed he was Russian, so I had no questions as to why he was doping. <laughs> Your uh, <laughs> persistence in the in the uh, tirade against Russians is, is <laughs> admirable. Yeah, no, that's a that's a crazy story. Pretty shitty reason to throw away your career. But the fight we got, um, Arman Sarukian versus Matt Frivola, I think uh, Arman was supposed to fight Nasrat Hakparast, uh, maybe yeah. Kelvin Gastelum, and then he had to he missed weight or was having medical issues. But the fight we got was good. I mean, I'm I personally like Arman Sarukian. I thought I think he debuted against Islam or something crazy like that, and and put on a good showing. And uh, I've just been watching his career ever since because he's hella good at wrestling and and he's a really exciting fighter. And what is your rule about missing weight? Fuck him, cut him. <laughs> Missing oh, no. weight is cheating. It is. Matt Frivola won that fight. Or it was a draw. Oh, Armin missed weight as well? I thought Nasra just missed weight, and that's why he was off the card. Yeah, no, Ar- Armin weighed 157. He missed weight, too. Yeah, oh, fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, Matt Frivola won. Right up <laughs> the ass. Yep. Matt Frivola's a dog, though. I mean, he was on he his is. eyes in that fight. He's like that. Yeah. He's that New York, Long Island Italian that makes my heart just stop beat, skip a beat. Wearing but, yeah, short like, shorts, wearing the chubbies on the embedded. Are you kidding he, me? He was out Fuck there. Yeah. yeah, he he was a dog. He was undersized and and outclassed, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, Armin, he had that fight of the night with Islam. He's a real he- wrestling heavy fighter. I mean, he's not not a real finisher, but he's uh, he's going to be a problem at 155 for sure. Anytime there's a fighter named Islam, like he had that fight with Islam, I'm like, whoa, slow down. (laughs) (laughs) What are you about to say? Think about it. (laughs) Think about what you're going to say before you say it, man. (laughs) Someone's going to think I'm talking about Connor. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, But uh, now we move on to the pay per view. Um, 
it was, we were talking off camera earlier, off uh, record or, or whatever this shit is. Um, like, like I'm a I'm a professional. Um, Amanda Hibas versus Marina Rodriguez or Marina Rodriguez. Excuse me. That shit was amazing. Herb Dean dropped the ball though. I mean, what the fuck, man? Yeah, he ah. acted. He acted like he acted like she was the weird one. He's like, "What are you doing? Keep fighting!" Like I didn't just run across the <laughs> ring and body check you. Like I was gonna stop. Right. Fight. I don't think he dropped. He the made ball. contact. He just overcorrected himself. Like he just came in too hot, and he was like right there in the action before he was like able to stop all that body mass and just. I I don't know what you do. Uh, I I just I don't know. I think it was a mistake, but it. It, it it did it didn't help Rebus at all. She just ended up taking a few more hits she didn't need. But yeah, um, I don't know. I I'm I think her the best of the game still. So I might I might be an outlier on that one. Oh no, yeah, mistakes happen. He is one of the best. But I'm just it was just a funny situation. He kind of, I mean, he stopped because he I guess you know he might have saw some life in Rebus's eyes that. After he came in to stop it, but yeah, like you said, it ended up just adding to the more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't do anything for Reba. She got up and got slumped immediately. You gotta but stay in was... shape, Herb. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know what he was doing. He was practicing. <laughs> yeah, that really was kind of wild because he he made some sort of contact. He rushed in. He touched her a little bit, and then. She was a little overzealous because she was kind of going for the kill and then gets touched by the ref. But then he was like, no, 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 keep fighting. And then Amanda Hibos was just like, uh, okay. Okay. And got the shit beat out of her. Marina Rodriguez is uh, one to watch, I think, because this definitely was like Amanda Hibos is supposed to be her like a kind of a showcase fight, I feel. And uh, Marina Rodriguez was like, nope, I didn't get the memo. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. That's the problem. You know, it's like these are always trap fights when they do that. And the thing with Amanda Hibos is... You know, if you're a normal, well-adjusted person, you're a fan. And if you're sad about life, you don't like her. But um, you know, she just had a lot of – she just had a lot of – I don't know. She had a lot of momentum behind her. And it really felt like she was just here to win this fight on the Connor pay-per-view and just let that okay. personality fly on the post-fight. And uh, Marina Rodriguez, as you say, what, what, she had other plans. And she looked good, man. She made a statement. Fuck yeah. yeah this, she did something special. Maybe could be able to come out and fight her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and i'm glad you said that unless you're sad about life you don't like amanda hibas because fuck that dude like I, I, i've seen a bunch of posts where people are like oh her voice is so annoying are you kidding me i love that voice oh, can't get enough and not to go on a tangent here but like people get so judgmental about women but like in the reality like oh, i just want a cool chick you know like at the end of the day i just want a cool chick and then there's amanda hibas like she's so annoying i'm like Bro, do you just like fucking your fist? Like, what is your goddamn damage? <laughs> like, here's a good-looking chick with a cool personality. You all are online. Like, she's so annoying. Get fucked. She's awesome. Yeah, she talks like Borat. I mean, I would. I, I'm honestly, I, I a little bit on that side because like, I would get. I would. I would. She'd, she'd be a great friend. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I can't uh, get enough when they interview her, and she's like, "I'm ready for this. I'm training. You know, it's amazing." <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, that Marina Rodriguez, I'm thinking it, it was just like some really great show, uh, like matchmaking, because that might have been like, I mean, I'm I'm not a casual, and I didn't wasn't really big on Marina Rodriguez. Like, I didn't know her real well. I knew she had that split decision with uh, Esparza. I watched that, but I forgot she beat Tisha Torres. She's 13-1. and one. I mean, that was kind of a showcase for her, you know? It was... Uh, yeah. 
I didn't know she was as highly ranked as she was too. And I mean, that those finishing combos were ridiculous. Her elbows and the clinch are nasty. And then there was that straight right, I think, that really hurt her. I mean, she's she's going to be a problem. She's got real long and real long for that division and a good rangy striker. And I didn't know she had such an impressive record. I mean, besides the Carla Esparza loss, which was a split decision, she's undefeated yeah. in the UFC. Love that 115-pound division. Oh, yeah, right. that's a shark tank. You don't see finishes like that in that division. That was filthy. I absolutely love yeah, that. Yeah, not often, no. Speaking of filthy and absolutely loving it, that fucking Mahmoud uh, Muradov KO over Andrew Sanchez, so good. Is uh, Floyd Mayweather still repping that yeah, Mahmoud the money Muradov team, guy? Baby, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Nice. That's why, for sometimes I forget his name, I'm just like, oh yeah, the money team guy. The problematic so team. The consent right. not needed team. What's up? Oh, man. <laughs> I love that Floyd is like, can't read, but he's like, oh yeah, Uzbeki guy? Let me get him on my team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a good fight, though. I mean, Amazing Andrew Sanchez, fight. you know, Andrew Sanchez clocked him there, too. And right when he thought things were going to change, I just out of nowhere, like, a, it was like a wrist slap to the temple. And I don't know if he overcorrected. I watched it again this morning. I just couldn't really figure out what caused that weird leg jerk. Um, but I think he just, I don't know, he's got an iron wrist, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe he, uh... he caught him with the palm of the hand. That was Andrew Sanchez that did the stanky leg, right? Like he did the yeah, little yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, wobbles. Yeah. Mark like Murdoff threw that overhand right, and it sort of missed, but it looked like the palm of his hand clipped him in the temple, and he just went back and did that stanky leg. And at first I thought maybe he just slipped or he just, you know, posted up funny, but he, he had him wobbly. It was, it, was a gr- it was a great it was a great connection. I saw a yeah. tweet that was like, Murdoff needs to develop a jab. I was like, he's... Piecing him up, bro. Like I don't understand where that's coming from, but uh, I thought it was a fucking great fight. Yeah, I mean it's MMA. They always need to develop something. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, very, very true. Okay, like you know, like he needs to develop. Just put a blank line and just fill in the space because it's always something. Yeah, he looked. You could tell he was a smoother fighter on the feet, and I felt like Andrew Sanchez was coming off that big knockout win. And it happens a lot with wrestlers. They sleep somebody, and they're like, "Oh shit, I can oh, win like yeah. this." Like he didn't even he didn't look to his re- like. In a lot of his previous fights, he's like a chain wrestler. Like he'll he'll shoot yeah. five times and fail on all of them, and just shoot it. Like he just keeps shooting and keeps shooting exactly and, until he Gabriel Gonzaga and, effect. And, and he just was re- trying to go for the knockout, and then yeah, eventually I, it was one of those equilibrium shots. I think Mick like where it. It caught him on the behind the earish type thing. Yeah, and made his legs turn into noodles, and it was a it was a good finish. I like that kid a lot. I mean, I do too. But fights. where do you think he goes from here? Do you th- I want to see. This is not going to happen, but I would love to see him fight Kevin Holland. I think that's a really fun Ooh. fight at middleweight of two Ooh. longer, you know, longer middleweights that would strike. But um, I, don't know, I was thinking maybe uh, my Luffy. favorite gatekeeper, Brad Tavares. Yeah, that's an amazing fight. Or Brad probably not going to take it. Mm. Yeah, that would be. Oh, that would be really fun. Yeah, yeah and it, Buckley would be fun. <laughs> Buckley's coming off a loss. He kind of. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of fun fights at 85 for him. Yeah, it's a good division. For sure. So how about JoJo? 
Any oh my fans god! On the podcast, my girl. Fuck yeah! Are you yeah. kidding me? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. She's the only fighter to ever win via Nita asshole. Valerie Yeah, Valerie Letourneau. I never forget. I remind people all the time. She freaking kneed her right in the ass, and then lined up that spinning back fist. It was beautiful. But yeah, Jojo's another one. Too. Like, if if you hate her voice, I don't fucking trust you. Like, she gets in there, she's like, "I'm just happy to get the win." Like, I love yeah, it. It's even lighter. Yeah, it's amazing. But uh, yeah, she looked good. I mean, I don't know how many Jessica I fans are out there, but that poor she. Uh, she have one. Good too. There's I, I one or two. To make fun of her, but uh, she she fought pretty well too. I thought she fought. It was a good fight. You know, they they both brought it, but. Um, you know, JoJo's got a more diverse attack, and I think we saw that with the elbows and her whole game. 100%. So, what about her fight for the title? Uh, I I want to see it, but I think she needs at least one more win. Like, I was happy for her to get it. I was happy for her to get the shot. And I mean, let's not pretend like it's it's Valentin Shevchenko here. So, like, to to say that she has even a little bit of chance is like that's fine, but. It, it's going to be a, a showcase for Valentina any, no matter who she fights, pretty much. So, yeah. like, when when Jennifer Maia came in and, and stole JoJo's title shot, or earned it, I'm not saying she stole it, but, like, she came in there and beat JoJo's ass, like, I still want to see JoJo back in there if she can get another win. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. She needs another win. She just, like you said, Ma, I call her Maya, but Maya just, you know, just subbed her, but that was a good win over I, and then, I mean, Val is running out Lauren, of people to fight, so that's that. It is an interesting fight. So I is Lauren Murphy available. Uh, oh, good question. Lauren Murphy was like pleading for a title shot in her la- after her last fight. Um, yeah. I don't know if she's gonna get it. Ranking rankings be damned. Who would you rather see, Lauren Murphy or JoJo? JoJo for uh, sure. Yeah, JoJo. that's what I mean. So that's why yeah. the UFC is gonna fast track that a little bit more because I mean. No offense to Lauren Murphy, she but she just doesn't have the. Uh, she's not as exciting a fighter, as a, in my opinion, and she doesn't have the fan base or the mm-hmm. real. I don't know the intrigue behind her that JoJo does. What yeah, I was gonna say is, I would be down for um, a rematch of a fight that they had at 115 before 125 was even available. Uh, JoJo versus Cynthia Calvillo. That's an uh, an exciting fight. Yeah, yeah. Calvillo always brings it. Who? Oh yeah, she lost the first one, right, to Cavia. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a decision, but she had her in a rear naked choke like eight times, where like JoJo was like fighting for her life in there. It was a yeah, pretty pretty uh, heavily favored uh, fight for Calvia. But I think uh, Joanne has improved, and I would love to see it. Yeah, I'm she's one of fighters, man. I'll watch her in anything, but um, yeah, I I don't. Know. I think they fast track her. I'm just. Give her a title shot. Uh, let's see what happens. Fuck it. There's yeah, nothing on the yeah. One twenty-five. You, you can't. You can't sell Lauren Murphy. I mean, maybe you could sell some pay-per-views in Scotland with JoJo. I don't know. Um, I like Lauren Murphy. I mean, yeah, it's like, a fun fight too. Yeah. I'm gonna go get this belt. I love it. Oh uh, yeah. Wow. Imagine hating that accent. Yeah. Uh, like how bad do you have to hate foreigners to like go that deep with it? Yeah. It's it's cute as fuck. Hell yeah. Um, how about Iron fucking Michael Parler? Oh my god, <laughs> Michael yeah. Parler Chandler versus Dan Hooker. <laughs> this was so so uh, 
unexpected. I mean, I knew Michael Shannon would do well. It's not like I'm not sitting here saying like he was, you know, like the guy has a fucking fight of the year win over Eddie Alvarez. But I just yeah. was like, you know, I think Dan Hooker is going to stay arranging and, and piece him up a little bit. Um, but it's going to be an amazing. I expected a decision. I expected it to go like all three rounds. And uh, was going to be like hoping for more. Like sometimes you, this is a fight. Like you sometimes feel like it should have been five rounds, but Michael Chandler didn't even need one. He was like, "Bitch, get out of here, penisless bitch." Yeah, I saw that fight. This is again, yeah, like we said, like Michael Chandler wants to be on Parlor, so I'm not a big fan of that. And then uh, <laughs> Dan Hooker has me blocked, so right. obviously I was rooting for Chandler. My that comes before my morals and laurels. But right. yeah, he, uh, I thought. Yeah, that's not how I thought it was going to go either. I thought if Chandler won, we were going to see his wrestling. He's got under, an underrated wrestling game. I thought he was going to take him down. But I also, you know, Hooker's got those step-in knees where he times on the takedowns. I was like, oh, yeah. Hooker's got all these tools on the feet, and he's been looking good. I, I was picking, you know, Hooker and going back and forth and back and forth, but I did not see Michael Chandler landing that combo and knocking him out in the first round. That's the those Henry Hoof guys down in Florida, man. They got real underrated striking. Yeah, they're good. And that that was a beautiful little setup on uh for the taller man to like he shot to the body and then did that leaping left hook and I mean that was, as soon as it landed it was a wrap. I think one of the things we we do like we always say whatever we we take your base in MMA whatever your base is you're a wrestler you're a striker and it's just that's what we apply you as like well Michael Chandler he's a wrestler. So he's going to win by wrestling. Dan Hooker's that, you know, so it's like, yeah. he's, he's won. I mean, his last two fights previous to this were knockouts. Um, he's got a considerable amount of knockouts. So I, I just think his hands get overlooked. And like Dan said, you know, he's down there with Henry hooped. I mean, you're, you're going to pick up a few things down there. Um, so I, I saw him doing exactly what he did, just kind of working, working the body low and then just going high as soon as, you know, Hooker dropped his hands and, a hooker looked a little off. He looked a little weird. He looked like he was going to spend the first round just coasting with some leg kicks and kind of checking his range and looked really tough. Yeah, I, I don't agree. like hooker, but I mean, you know, the guy's a good fighter and he looked, he just looked off or he just looked too eager to kind of sit back and let the first round pass him by and kind of figure out a game plan from there. It almost felt like. Yeah. Chandler kind of honey us too. I, I saw that he did a great interview with uh, MMA on point, and that's why I thought that was going to happen. He said, oh, Hooker's a tall guy with range. He, I got to put him on the mat, you know? And I yep. think, I think <laughs> Nick, I think he was leaning into people thinking he's a wrestler, and, and he might have had it all along. I'm going to stand up with this guy, get inside as a shorter man. As UL would say, diddy box. He, he, he closed. He closed the distance. Got inside as a smaller man and and slept him. And it was very. It was. I mean, you can't think of a better debut for him. And that it sets him up. Absolutely uh, sets him up really well in the lightweight division. I mean, people people that don't watch Bellator, which is a, which is a lot, a large percentage of these UFC fans, they 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 didn't never seen him fight before. So you know he's a first round knockout now he's a now he's a knockout artist mick you know so yeah he's gonna set him up really good for uh for a future fight i mean i could he, i mean charles Oliveira is obviously next the title picture is kind of a little weird right now but he's he's right there i i like you know when these guys come over and they're already established in the game and they can inject themselves right away into the mix yeah i'm never going to be a michael parlor chandler fan but you know i do like that he could come out make a statement like that and immediately get in the mix immediately there's yeah. interesting matchups so um yeah. 
uh, yeah, I mean, lightweight is as exciting as always. Yeah, I will say I like when um, you know they treat MMA as a sport, like a, uh, as a whole, and not like have to start as a clean slate when you get to the UFC. Like shit that he did matter. The fact that he was a champion. They even introduced him. I don't remember them doing this often. He's like, oh, the former Bellator heavy lightweight champion. Like uh, that picture, was cool. His picture on the ESPN post fight where they you know they're lining up. He's wearing the Bellator gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Love I it. I had to take a picture of it. I have to go back and watch it. Oh, that's amazing. Like, that's that's fucking great. If we're being honest, though, I think he botched the call out though a little bit. He's like, he he wasn't sure whether Connor or Dustin was gonna win. He was like, Connor, Dustin, upcoming, and then he like threw a shot at Khabib as well. And I was like, come on. Yeah, it went a little off the rails where he's just like listing lightweights. Like he's got like a little script of the top 15. It's like, and Khabib, if you come back, and uh, Dustin, your time is up, and Connor, <laughs> let's do this. Like, shut the fuck up. Just pick a goddamn name. And I, I missed it at some point, but I heard DC in a, in a, on the show with uh, Ariel Hawani saying that he had a great line where he was like, Khabib knows that he can either stay retired and be 29 and 0, or he can come back and be 29 and Chandler. It's like that's a good line. They should have like stuck with something like that. Do it on the bigger stage, but he fucking yeah, botched man. it. Go for those money fights. Speaking of money fight, I think that's a great time to segue into the main event. Holy shit! Holy shit, bro! I was I don't know about you guys. Maybe two minutes into that first round, uh, McGregor looks great, right? And he, he's yeah. clearly winning this fight. But I, my I said to my buddy, like he's got to start checking these kicks. These kicks are going to be a problem. These are not for nothing kicks. Look what happened. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was um, like you said, I, I, uh, I was going into this pulling for Dustin hard. I've never been a big Connor fan, but I've always loved the way he fights and I've always never doubted his talent. And uh, when he came out, I kind of bought into the, you know, motivating McGregor and he came out and he looked good. He was like yep. a plus three thirty favorite after the first round. So he, he, he won that first round, you know, he, he looked good. It was very close, but he, uh, he looked great. And then like you said, Mick, that first leg kick, you hear even there was an exchange they caught backstage with Connor and Poirier and they were talking about the leg kicks and Poirier said that first one got you. And he laughed like, yeah, like, so those, and then in the second round, right before the finish, a couple of minutes before the finish, he landed three heavy ones and they really were the difference in the fight. I mean, after that, after he kind of chopped that leg down, um, he let his hands go. And it was one of those, it was really one of those, like, rare moments I've had in MMA. Like, it reminded me of uh, him losing to Diaz. It reminded me of Holly Holm knocking out. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that, it wasn't that crazy. But, I mean, Conor McGregor is just, he's the biggest star in the fight game we got right now, you know. And there's an air about him where you're like, I don't know, like, he's kind of, he's got this, mystical quality where you're like i think he's you know it's he seems almost unbeatable even though he's clearly not so seeing a right. guy like dustin who like has been clawed up from the wec sleep him, not just win not win a tight <sighs> decision you know slump him in the second round i mean i was jumping off the couch slapping hands with my wife it was it was WEC awesome never die it was awesome that's i was telling anybody that would listen like even the cashiers at the grocery store you know like you can't take three years away from a sport and then come back and compete at the highest level. Um, and I, I'm not going to give credence to his sort of excuse of not, you know, of inactivity, but 
I mean, I, I think there's a little merit to it. Like, if you're going to compete at the highest level, you not only have to be active in the octagon, but you got to be active as hell in the gym. And it's cool you went and you fucked off for three years and did some really highly questionable shit and uh, made a lot of money. But if you're not in the gym every day and you're not in the octagon at least once or twice a year, I, I don't think it's going to work out well for you if the rate this game changes. Absolutely. I mean, I had uh, all, all like week long and like the last couple of weeks, like friends and coworkers saying like, McGregor's going to win, right? Like he, he beat this guy before and <laughs> you know he's going to come in. And I'm like, well, you have to remember a couple of things. Like he fought Cowboy a year ago and we didn't learn anything. Geriatric Cowboy smoked him in like 40 seconds. We didn't learn anything. No. And then Dustin has fought since then. He's fought during the pandemic which is a different vibe, a different like mindset of, of doing it. And he's also like been to Abu Dhabi, not, not to fight Island, but he, he fought Khabib in Abu Dhabi. So he's kind of familiar with things. And I was just like, that is in Dustin's favor. And I personally felt that, uh, he had improved more, uh, since their last fight, like he's sure. come back. He, he won the interim title. Like he's done all these things. And I'm just like, Dustin's a live dog in this fight. And yeah. But I agree with everything you guys said about him. Looked like Connor looked really good in the first round. I was like, "Well, shit! Like this is this is t- this is trouble." But especially like against the fence when he reversed him, he was like stronger in the clinch. Um, I like though that Dustin was throwing the shoulder strikes back. It was kind of like an ego thing. Dustin's yeah. never really done that, but that's like Connor's thing now or whatever. And he was like, "You fucking throw shoulders? I'll fucking throw shoulders!" And they were just going back and forth. Uh, I loved everything about it. To be honest, like the fight, I was hoping for like a, a war. I was hoping to get my money's worth, but what I got was, that's my money's worth. Actually, I mean that that knockout was fucking great. Hell yeah, two dudes at the highest level going at it. Uh, that shoulder strike thing is a little weird, but it was awesome when uh, Dustin was firing him back. Um, yeah, and, ah, what a fight, man! What a what a it's just one of those moments that reminds you why you're a fan. Um, well, at least if you were on Team Team Diamond, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, it, it, it solidified Khabib's not coming back, right? Like, right. you don't want to see Khabib and Poirier run it back. Um, no, but I I would pay. I know he kind of poured water on it, but Poirier versus Chandler. I mean, I, I'm okay with that as a title fight. Prefer Charlie Broomstick, but we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, yeah, I I, mean, per- I personally think Dustin versus Oliveira is the fight to make for yeah. the for the title. I don't think it's the fight they're gonna make just because of the you know I mean why why kid ourselves? Look at the showcase they had last night in front of the audience they had last night. I, I just I think Chandler versus Poirier is probably the fight they're gonna make because it makes makes do- it makes sense in in dollars and change. But I think Oliveira is probably the uh, definitely the more deserving. I uh, we keep talking about this, and even like uh, Nick Pete got got all the fighters on the on the press conference to agree to it. I want them to do a tournament, and they just they won't. And so I need to stop talking about this. But like that in, in a vacant title situation, when there's so many like deserving people, like just fucking run them through a little mini tournament. I think it's the way to go. But I know they're not going to do it. Yeah, the I UFC's think... never been. They never do. Dana's never liked tournaments, you know. And I I've like. I mean, mid two thousands when I got into the sport, and that's all there was was grand prix and tournaments, and I love them. But I mean, yeah, like I would, I would do a sixteen man grand prix in hell lightweight, you know, go get get crazy. Fuck yeah! But, but um, yeah, like a little four man mini tournament would have been awesome. But now it's it is a little more clear. I mean, it's it's Dustin's kind of at the top now, and it's like you said, it's between Oliveira and uh, Chandler of who's going to fight him, and then that'll really clear things up. 
Where do you think? Uh, would you guys have any idea where you see uh, not Poirier uh, McGregor going from here? Um, yeah, there's a lot of fight. I mean, there's so many. He, like I said, he's still the biggest star. Period in the fight game. I mean, to me, it, like the first thing I thought of was was DS three. Like that sets up DS three to shatter pay per view records. It makes sense. It's not it's not a fight that has to make sense in the rankings. Yeah. it's just a fight that everybody's gonna want to see. So I mean, that's a fight next that makes the most sense to me. But I mean, he could fight anybody, and it's gonna sell. You know. Do you yeah. like it at one fifty five? It doesn't matter. You know, does it? I honestly, I saw the, I saw those fights as like a gentleman's agreement to like, hey, let's just not cut weight. We're about the same size. Basically, let's not not do the shittiest part of camp and go out and let's just shoot a fair one. I didn't see it like, you know. Of course, Connor sold it like I'm facing the bigger man. It's like no, Nate Diaz is a career lightweight man. Like he who also fights at welterweight every once in a while. So like. They're two lightweights. Whatever they decide to fight at, it, it, I don't think it's going to have a bearing on the fight outcome. You know, absolutely. Yeah, that that's that's pretty much the only Connor fight I want to see right now, just because those two Diaz fights were so much fun, and it's going to bring out the old Connor. They're they're going to talk shit. Diaz is not going to be respectful. I mean, he was more respectful of like Jorge Masvidal and stuff, and I think he's. They've kind of put to rest some of their like beef or whatever in a way, but he's not going to kiss his ass. Like he's not going to go no. out there and do whatever. You know, it, it's going to be like you know, fuck you. That was like when I first like was introduced to ideas. I saw like a highlight reel of him like submitting Kurt Pellegrino and giving the fucking <laughs> double bird. Oh, the double like, bird. That's like amazing moment. And then he gets called up to fight Conor McGregor, and they're fucking going back and forth. And Connor's just talking a bunch of nonsense, and Nate just goes, "Fuck you, fuck your belt. I don't give a fuck." I'm like, "This is the guy. This is the guy." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nate is definitely one of one. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't know. I mean, I just don't see him clawing his way back into title contention. I see him taking a couple mm-hmm. of payday fights and then going and doing a boxing thing and then selling proper twelve to Diego and calling it a career. <laughs> Yeah, who knows though? Like you said, I mean, he could he could fucking lose his next fight and then get a title fight. I mean, talk yeah. about fast tracked. I mean, this guy could get fast tracked to a title at any time. So I think yeah, he's gonna right. be. I think he's gonna be around, you know, for the next three years or so, and in some capacity, you know, um, he can get that. He's just got enough leverage where his merit in the ring doesn't matter as much. Yeah. That make, you know what I mean? Dustin Poirier is not going to, there's few guys like Khabib that are going to stick and be true sportsmen and just say, Hey, no, this guy, they're going to throw the numbers at Poirier for a third, for a trilogy fight. And he's going to go, you know what? Connor deserves the fight. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was actually thinking about that. Yeah. He's good at, he, he's going to be around for the next three or four years. I think at the top of the game. Where he belongs. He... I mean, he he's an elite fighter, like you said, Nick. He's yeah, he's good. Three year layoff, and I mean, I just you pull. I pulled up uh, Poirier's Wikipedia. Like, dude, the run that he's on right now. I mean, he's undoubtedly one of the best lightweights of this era now. And I mean, Conor McGregor, Dan Hooker, Max Holloway, Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, Anthony Pettis. I mean, 
Yeah, and he's got some wins that are aging nicely too. Like when he after he lost to Conor and moved up to lightweight, I'm pretty sure his first fight at lightweight was against Carlos Diego Fajeda, and he knocked him out. At that time, we didn't really know who who Fajeda was, and and now in my opinion, he's one of like the dark horse of the of the lightweight division. Like that fight with Mirbek Tysimov, and then the fight with Pettis was amazing. Like I'm pretty sure that looks really good right now, in my opinion, anyway. Definitely. Oh yeah, his his resume is, is like one of the best. Like I said, it doesn't get much better. Um, and he's one of the good guys in the sport. So it's like, you, yes. you know, I don't know. The good guys never win in this game. It's always the shittiest dudes that get <laughs> elevated. And so it's just wonderful when some of the good dudes of the sport can elevate themselves to the highest level, win the big fights. Uh, it sucked to see him lose against Habib, um, but I, I, man, it's just, I don't man, lightweight's just so fun. Fuck um, yeah. It's going to be that way for a long time because a lot of these dudes aren't going anywhere. So we're in for a lot of good fights. I um, I really liked your tweet about it. Like, it's rare that the good guys win, and I, I so wholeheartedly agree with that. Because, like, whenever Dustin fights and loses, you have the people that picked against him that are like, oh, you thought Dustin would win because he's a nice guy and does charity. It's like, I don't want to hear any from those motherfuckers. So Dustin winning is good for the sport, um, in my opinion. Well, fuck that the that was an amazing card, and I can't believe we're we're at the end of it. Yeah, it was great. I mean, we I, I needed that in my life, honestly. The, the, the <laughs> after the layoff, the, the Holloway was so nice that that you know the Holloway fight was like oh, yeah. was a nice little teaser. But the whole time watching that, I was like, oh. I mean, like again, say what I want about Conor McGregor, I don't like him much as a person, but. Um, I think Mick, you even said this in uh, in our talk in our little chat. You were saying there's a different feel to a McGregor fight night. Like Always. my 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 65 year old father was buzzing. He took a nap during the day and made sure he could stay up. So like it, it was <laughs> it was like a, it was a fun night, man. And it's it's different. It's different, and it's fun to have Connor back. You know, he really is. He's the biggest biggest guy in the fight game, and and the UFC's better off with him. So and you know now look at Dustin Poirier. He's He's what everybody's talking about because he beat Connor. Yeah. So I think it's going to have a similar effect that it had on Nate Diaz, you know, and now Dustin's going to be launched right into the mainstream. And Habib, you know, I mean, you look at the stars, it's like uh, Habib's always been extremely talented and, and the best, fine. But it wasn't really until he fought Connor yeah. that he became the superstar. Same with, you know, Diaz was a diehard, a diehard fans fighter and then boom, superstar, people know him. Yeah. Um, so hopefully this effect is the same with Dustin, whoever else he fights and, um, and yeah, man, it's going to, it's going to be a fun couple of years with him around. Yeah, man. Can we, can we talk about that max fight for just a second? Because I didn't obviously do an episode recapping that. And I was on the edge of my fucking seat watching him beat the dog shit out of Calvin Cater. Oh my God. That was an amazing fight. And I was talking with my, my boy Leo during the week, like, he said in his post fight, he was like, "If any one of these guys steps out, I'll be ready to go. I'm sticking around or whatever." We're like, how fucking, like, off our shit would we have been if like anyone stepped in and we got maybe like a Max versus Conor rematch? Honestly, that's a fight I, I'm I'm ready to see yeah. whenever. That would be oh, very yeah. interesting. That'd be very interesting because Max Holloway is clearly improved. You know, he's he's a guy. I mean, he was always young. He's high. How old is he now? He's I, I think he's 29. 29. Yeah, I don't even think he's 30. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, that was an unbelievable performance. It looked like he hit another level in that fight because Calvin Cater, you know, Calvin Cater, everyone was saying was one of the best boxers in the division, all this stuff. Yeah. It, it, that was not uh, Calvin Cater being exposed or him right. not being a great fighter. That was Max Holloway putting on a legendary, like, you know, I think like a turning point type performance. I mean, you know, the second, yeah, just Vol- on the second Volkanovski fight could have went either way i mean i i really want to see that again i i just i think he's the best featherweight in the world i mean it's Fuck pretty yeah. clear to me but he's gotta be volkanovsky i don't want to take anything away from volk i know he's not uh he hasn't had a performance like that though you know like <laughs> i just i i uh 100 i want to see them go again fuck yeah well how much time do you guys have do we do we have time to do the proper form yeah, we can do a form quick. Let's do it. I want to pull up these questions. I actually... I got a few, too. I, I, was, I figured, I was like, as soon as you quote tweeted, I was like, some people are going to do a separate one, which is fine, because that's great. Um, before I forget, actually, Rhino texted me while we were doing this. He sent uh, a, a voice question, and so did uh, uh, MMA Catfish. And uh, I haven't even listened to him to, to yeah. preview him. But I want to just pl- play these right now. We're just going to go live. Oh, we're live right now? Let's do it. Not li- we're not live, but I just mean like I'm not going to pause it to like oh, screen right, these. Yeah. I usually screen them because sometimes people say some wild shit. And I'm like, I can't be having that on the podcast. But we're going to we're gonna do it right now. Here's, uh, here's our boy Rhino. Hey, Juice. It's your big homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. So I'm sure you're going to be inundated with questions about the lightweight division. So I'm going to go a different direction. My man Khalil Roundtree last night lost a very close decision. Um, He's now lost three out of his last four, notwithstanding the uh, win over Eric Anders, but he has lost three of his last four. I think the guy has got such incredible potential, skill set, everything. Now, granted, last night was razor close. Really could have gone either way, uh, but it is still a loss. What is next for Khalil Roundtree? Do you think he's going to get cut? Do you think the UFC is going to keep him just based on this potential that we all kind of, not we all, but most of us can see that he really has? I'm super high on him. I love that guy. I want to see him in the UFC for a long time, and I want to see him get back to winning. So uh, what are your thoughts on Khalil Roundtree and his future in the UFC? Love you, buddy. Fuck yeah, Rhino. Um, Do you guys hear that okay? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah. Anybody mad about him fighting Paul Craig? Because you know the UFC's oh, not going to cut him, right? They they said they're going to cut how many fighters by the end of the year? They cut like three dudes. Dude, so, that um, was so bullshit. I, I I can't even believe that they made everyone fear for their jobs and was like, yeah, we're just going to cut like five people, bro. That's terrible. I don't know. Give him Paul Craig. Dude, I love that. Actually, that's a that's that's the seed. That's yeah, the one. Yeah, he he belongs in the UFC. Like like uh, Rhino was saying, he's just an exciting fighter. I know he's lost three of his last four, but it's entertainment at the end of the day. He hasn't lost three of the last four. You know, laying on his back and you know taking boring fights. Um, for sure. To think, I'm trying to think is there's you know it's light heavyweight. Like you said, Paul Craig maybe. Um, it's hard to remember the rankings sometimes. Like, and I never like to pull them up. But like Vulcan Uzdemir, to me that would be an exciting fight. And, and it I don't know if, doesn't make sense, but I would love like, to see it. 
I think he's like six for seven, so that that's probably yeah, a tough sell for Vulcan. A out of his league, and yeah. I know Paul Craig is ranked, but he's fourteen or fifteen. He's down there yeah. enough that I think you can make it okay. Like there you go, Paul Craig. Paul Craig. This I always make the same joke, but Paul Craig is the best at getting the dog shit beat out of him, <laughs> and then pulling out the 14, submission. Fourteen minutes thirty seconds, and then landing a triangle and winning the fight. That's how Paul Craig. Went. They don't call him the Bear Jew for nothing. All right. I'll never forget one time uh, on MMA Twitter, Kaposa had a tweet when when Magomed Ankalaev had his debut. He fought Paul Craig. Fucking, he puts up a tweet like 10 seconds before the fight ends saying 30-26 Dagestan. (laughs) And then Paul Craig wraps up that triangle. And and Kaposa was just like, you know what? I'm leaving this tweet up because it tells the story of the fight. All he had to do was hang on for one second, but he tapped right before the bell. I was honestly just thinking of that. Uh, um, I'll go off on a quick tangent. Ankulev is like one of my favorite fighters right now at light heavyweight. And I mean, he should have won that fight. And then he got held up with the whole Kuti Labo thing. Went after he oh, he had right. him all he had him all hurt. And then the ref decision. And then they got booked like seven oh fucking God. times. I'm like, where would he be at in the light heavyweight picture? Had if he, he just not moved had on that weird if had he not just fell in that weird triangle to the Craig and finished beating the shit out of him. And then if he the ref didn't mess up the head kick he landed on Kutilaba and you know, he had to knock out Kutilaba twice. Right. He stopped him in the first fight and then it was it was kind of a bullshit stoppage. But then the second fight he you know, he Super put him in the funny. shadow realm. Yeah. So Ankilev I think is gonna be uh he's going to be someone to watch at light heavyweight. There's oh, yeah. some alternate universe where Ankalaev is is champion just that those things didn't happen like you said. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> man. He's... In in telling that story you reminded me of one of uh Ankalaev's most exciting finishes was um his like head kick over Dalcha Longjambula who just yeah, fought. That would yeah. be a fun fight for Khalil. Dalcha, Dalcha Longjambula versus yeah, Dalcha Khalil went Ram. down to middleweight. For real? Oh, Fuck yeah. that. Well, come back. Tell his ass to come back up and fight Khalil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'll sign up for that right away. Right. Hey, did you get a voice question from Seth? I did actually. Okay, because he asked me how did this cuck gonna disconnect the VM and not tell me. Also, how neither you jerks not gonna point this out to me. <laughs> <laughs> He's hilarious. Um. I actually didn't know about the voicemail because Rory set that up from uh, Threadhead Media, so that's good to know. Um, but I'll play uh, Seth's voice question. Oh, okay, Here good. Go. Hey, Juicy Baby, it's MMA Catfish. First, I'd like to say I'm a little disappointed you didn't tag me that you were doing an episode tomorrow. Man, I don't live on Twitter all the time. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, so, Jessica, I... The gatekeeper of the exit gate. I actually came here to say she should not be cut. We should keep her for exactly the role in which she serves. If you can't beat Jessica I, you should be cut. Oh, take that MMA or I, brat MMA. Ha, ha. Oh, shit. How's it feel? Oh, can you feel the burn? Because I can feel it also fmp <laughs> oh my earlier God. when you said we don't have any jessica i fans i was like well we have one our girl brat mma she's a 
big Jessica I fan, and she's not happy about that result. <laughs> Can you imagine having a hotel next room that man when he's having sex? Ah, ah, Jesus, man. Calm yourself. You're going to have a hernia. Go ride a oh bike, dog. Uh, I agree. She shouldn't be cut. I, I'm not, I don't hate Jessica I. She, she is what she is. Normalize having name brand gatekeepers. Right? Absolutely. And, and to, uh, to be fair, she really has fought the top of the top at flyweight. I mean, she's she fought JoJo just now. Then it was Kilvio, then Shevchenko, Chikugan. You know what I mean? She, right. She yeah. Won, she actually beat Chikugan. So she she really is fighting. She gets clowned on a lot, and rightfully so. She's pretty cringe. <laughs> but she uh, she's she's re- she's fighting the elite of the division. I mean, she's uh, like you said, she's a gatekeeper, and I don't think she should be cut. No. And she and she had kind of a tough go of it initially because she was in the early days in Bellator when they had a 130 division and she was I think the champ of that division and when they wanted the UFC she wanted to do 125 um but they didn't have it so she ended up fighting a 135 and she was fighting bigger girls um she had a rough go of it she even had like a a weird like split decision with Betch Kohea I think which yeah. I thought she won but they gave it to Betch and we had to see Betch do that weird dance um oh, yeah so hot. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jessica, I at one twenty five is is uh, I think a staple. You know, you can't cut her for sure. What about her? Her versus Roxy. Honestly, uh, sign me up. Uh, I think Roxy will will choke her out. Yeah, there you go. That's I think they're both coming off losses. It makes sense to me. Yeah, or Roxy will uh, win if Meatball Molly. Uh, beats uh, her next opponent which she will obviously um obviously <laughs> uh jessica i uh versus uh, molly mccann is, is a fight i want to see yeah i like that one a little better it feels like it makes more sense um whatever yeah i'm, I'm game for whatever you can do whatever <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter I, I get all mad whatever then Fine. Yeah, Fine. no, but uh, no, that was good. It was a good shout for to to fight Roxy. I've I've actually been calling for that fight for a while. Like I think I think they had both just won like a while ago. Um, I was like, that's the fight to make. But then they went another direction. So I think you're right, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> I got one. I got one that came in on Twitter. Yes, we already touched on it a little bit, so it'll be a quick one here. Uh, Dean Dog wants to know if anyone thinks Hooker's game plan looked off and showed how not to fight Chandler by staying at range and not going in to slug it out like he did against Dustin and Paul, or are we looking at new champion, a new champion that can knock out knock out everybody? I think his game plan just looked off. I think he looked too happy just to kind of fight at range, check him with some kicks. Um, I, I just felt like he was taking too much time to time out Chandler and couldn't quite figure out what the entrance was and got clocked in the process. I think so, too. And and I, I saw an interview with Hooker where he said that, um, you know, he was like, respect to Chandler for what he's done, but he didn't really know un- until he got signed. He wasn't familiar with his fights. Like, I feel like City Kickboxing is really good at, like, watching tape, and they have, like, all the guys in their divisions, like, locked down. But um, that probably was just, like, obviously they said they went back and watched everything, but it maybe wasn't enough time. And I think Dan coming off that war with Poirier, maybe he still needed more time to recover. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, plus, I think Chandler, I think it's fair to say that him being a Bellator for so long, I think he had the record for the most fights in Bellator or maybe just the most wins or something. Like he had a lot, a lot of fights in Bellator. I think he was kind of unmotivated for a while. And then when he came to the UFC, it was like reinvigorated. He's like, let's go get this fucking belt. This is what I want. And he just showed up uh, ready to kick some ass. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hate Hooker's game plan. Like, I, it reminded me of Volkanovski. He was kind of on his bike and like kicking out that front lead leg and stuff. But he doesn't do it as well as Volkanovski. I mean, the fight only lasted two and a half minutes. Um, I think Chandler just did a really great job. That he slowly cut that cage off, and kind of, Hooker was doing a good job of circling, kind of on that black line and not getting too close to the fence. And then Chandler with that combo and the leaping, you know, that stretch right hand and then the leaping left hook, it just closed the distance where he couldn't, you know, he literally couldn't back up anymore. And it was, it was, uh, you know, it was a weird performance by Hooker, but I think it was more just Chandler did an amazing job cutting the cage off and fucking clocked him with that left, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that'll make you look like you don't know what you're doing. Mick, do you have any more before I get into the rest of them? Yes, but I'm on the toilet. Okay, love that for you. Uh, you know, I'll find him actually because I, I can locate it easily. Um, so we did the one from Dean. Obviously, <laughs> Seth. I'm just stalling for time. Uh, oh, someone says, who you got Kong versus Godzilla? <laughs> Uh, no, this is a UFC Young Boy at 88 Dogman. So much respect to UFC Young Boy. Um, Kong versus Godzilla. I'm taking King Kong. Uh, I think uh, King Kong has longer arms. Godzilla obviously does not. I know Serena Southpaw is going to be really mad at me if she if she listens to this for not picking Godzilla. But uh, King Kong is going to fucking wreck Godzilla. That's the stupidest answer I've ever heard in my life. Godzilla can blow fire. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, fuck me. I guess I know nothing. Uh, what about uh, what about Lil Turinable Metabolite? Do you think Dustin looks sad after he won because he realizes Connor still gets hella pussy whether he wins or loses? <laughs> Uh, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole. There's a huge glaring issue with uh, how he is obtaining. Uh, yeah, as long as there's consent, I don't care. <laughs> I don't think that's in mind. Uh, all right, that's all I got. Okay, perfect. Um, I got one here from Dave Fretz, uh, the homie Dave Fretz. He says, Steve Ngannou was announced last night. What do you see happening in this one? And I've gone back and forth on this so much because obviously Stipe made him look like he didn't belong in there in their first fight. And he really showed that like the gap between the wrestling was just um, night and day. But Ngannou's just like knocking people out and Stipe just had a crazy war with uh, DC. And I think if he comes back too soon, uh, Ngannou's probably going to catch him. Like, Stipe has a phenomenal chin, but it, you only have a certain threshold with that. And so I'm just like, I'm wondering what's going to happen. I honestly don't know. Yeah, let, let's, be, let's be real. I mean, Stipe fought kind of a perfect fight the first time they fought. He was scrambling the first three minutes. He was he was on his bike. His head The head movement was crazy, and he, was, he, he uh, just dodged some missiles in that first fight. I mean... Like he even he took a couple making, of them. He, yeah, but I mean, nothing like nothing right. like that. I mean, if he hits you with one of those like clean ones, it's over. So it's like, I mean, I give the technical. I think 
Stipe is a superior fighter, but Naganu's got that death touch where, and it's heavyweight where, and he just keeps getting better too. So yeah. it's like, I mean, I can see him over a course of 25 minutes catching him and, you know, maybe getting a TKO win. And um, it would usher in kind of a new age at heavyweight, but also Stipe's. I mean, I'm I'm done doubting Stipe. He he finds yeah. a way to win. I mean, he was supposed to get knocked out the first time, and he had amazing head movement. He he rocked Francis. You know, he wrestled him. I mean, so he's gonna go in there with the confidence of I, I beat him this guy for 25 minutes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I I I would I would lean Stipe, but I mean, I, I'm not gonna surprise that Nagano knocking out anyone. I like to think that first fight, it was almost, I don't want to say like disappointing, but it was kind of like, oh, like I paid for this. It was, you know, it was one way traffic, as, as our man Rhino would say. Uh, I'm really hoping the second fight is kind of what we all expected to happen, a really back and forth, kind of each are going to have their moments. But if I got to put money on it, because that does seem to be the question, I'm going to Ghana. Yeah, interesting. I If if I had to pick, I'm, I'm going to pick Stipe, just because... Um, like he's the kind of a proven commodity in in some regard. I mean, all the things you guys have said about Ngannou is absolutely true. Um, I just think about like after their first fight, Ngannou literally had the stinker of all stinkers with Derek Lewis, where he didn't even throw anything because he was so shell shocked from having gotten like wrestle fuck for twenty five minutes, and it was just like uh, something I'll never forget, like him just like like deer in the headlights look against Derek Lewis, and. Uh, which that, by the way, that's a rematch I want to see, just because I know it's not going to be the same as the first fight. They'll, they'll never book that again. <laughs> no, yeah. they never will, but they absolutely should. Uh, unless Ingano becomes champion and Derek is a rightful contender, I think that could happen. Yeah, but he's so the thing with Ingano is he's so fresh. So like, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's been training, training for like five years or what or something. So every loss is a learning experience. So you yeah. know. He, mm, he, good point. he did he did go into that Lewis fight shell shock and all that stuff, but then he bounced back and yeah. well, look what he's done. So so I don't think he's done growing. I don't think we've seen the final product on him yet. So yeah, as I'm talking, I'm like Nagana, you know, I'm talking myself <laughs> into picking Francis as I'm talking. So I mean that's that's just gonna be a fun fight no matter what. I mean hey, I love a good Good you just reminded me fight. my favorite thing from their first fight was when they did the because I think it was in Boston it was UC one uh, two twenty uh, DC was the co-main against Vulcan Uzdemir and uh, fucking they did a warm up for fight week at Peter Welsh's gym in Boston and for some reason Peter thought uh, Naganu was the guy's nickname and Stipe was uh, he was like Stipe is gonna have something for the Nagano. <laughs> yeah. was, like so boston i was like so great funny. irish boss yeah typical <laughs> irish boston just butchering the name yeah it, it got okay you got Fucking two eight. here this sort of we well, got one here that ties into this you got alex da diascola i don't know fucking know um he says nagano oh, or wow. stipe and then all sorry, Alex. <laughs> sorry, i think alex. it's descola let me just Descola. an apology to alex for yeah. <laughs> we'd like to apologize for butchering your name uh, and then another one, literally another one, he's saying Jan or Sterling. So they're both yeah. uh, inquiring about Jan or Sterling. So I, I would say for me, I think it's Petter Jan. Uh, for me, it's Aljo, even though yeah. I'm like, he really impressed me with that quick submission over uh, Corey Sanhagen. And I think he can do something similar to Jan. It'll be much harder 
Yannick yeah. got really good takedown defense. Uh, but Aljo's striking is underrated too. I think he's come a long way in that. And uh, I think it's going to be a fun fight. But Alex, I think his question says one has to go. Oh, like, are we going to scrap one? If, if that's the case, I'm scrapping Aljo Yan. Like, I, yeah, I want to see that. Aljo's got to go. <laughs> oh, oh, which one? Oh, well, Aljo has to go because he doesn't wear his mask. Yeah, did, that was like one of the most disappointing things because I used to be such a big fan of him. We did one on the whole mask optional man. Just, just I don't the fighter from the fights, man. Uh, I can't. know. I drive can't myself crazy the with it. from the mask. You, so wait, what? what? Yeah. I don't. You see, speaking of that, you see Darren Till's absolute meltdown because he didn't have a mask on. Oh, Karen Till. God. I Karen love that he Till. leaned right it. He literally made his name Karen Till on all platforms. He yeah. did the edit of the what fucking Karen gonna, haircut. Yeah, he's pretty good on social media, but the more I see, I'm like, oh, you're a fucking meat brain. But what? Your partner's a fan of me. I don't need to wear me fucking mask. <laughs> What was the question again? One has to go Aljo, Yan, or what? Or Ingano Stipe. Like, oh, we have to choose between those two fights. Oh, no. Aljo, Yan. Yeah, exactly. Heavy. We see heavyweights, brother. Heavyweight. <laughs> 100%. Because elite heavyweight MMA is good. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, this, average this heavy, heavyweight MMA is terrible, but. This sport started with heavyweight MMA, man. That's what it was all It's all about the baddest, man. Fuck yeah. Yeah. We got a question from uh, Brat MMA. Uh, like I said, the she says number one Jessica I stand. So she's still. She even had poor, her fucking profile picture of one of Jessica thing. getting laid out. Uh, girl. She what says up, ne- next obvious fight to book should be the battle of the backflippers. Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. Thoughts and predictions. I uh, like it. Justin I, fucking Gaethje. Honestly, Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler gets me excited. Yeah, that's I love fucking that great. Poirier I mean, Oliveira, and then a Ge- Gaethje Chandler on the same card. That's the money. That's yeah, it. Tingles the loins. Yeah, for sure. Tingles the loins. Gonna have a chub right now just thinking about it. Yeah, that's oh my. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just kidding. Obviously, I mean I'm no, a little. That's, a, that's one. Of, that's one of the like thirty great fights at lightweight. Yeah, that would be. I mean, I can't even to predict it. It's like they're kind of similar. I mean, they're wrestlers that are, throw really heavy leg kicks and can throw hands. I mean, I would give the cardio advantage to Chandler, which could be the difference in the fight. But I mean, who Gaethje likes to make it ugly and likes to he can make he makes guys fight his fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just he's really 100%. great at me, and I can see Chandler falling into that kind of dog fight. He's done it before, and. uh yeah, so I would I would take Gaethje and and well, what he's be, like what would be a normal sized lightweight. He's not Lil like Parlor Mike. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. I like I like Gaethje. I like his build for lightweight. Um, uh, yeah, like you said, he's gonna make him fight his fight. I don't I don't see a lot of ways uh, Chandler's gonna win. The only thing disappointing me about Gaethje right now, and I think it ties back into this fight, is because. He just kept telling us, and the media kept telling us, like, oh, I've got the wrestling to make it interesting. I've been wrestling since I was five. He's not going to be able to take me down. And Khabib took him down right away. Like, he just... That's he just got... Khabib, man. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that's true, Khabib, but... Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but Chandler, you know, doesn't shy away from using his wrestling sometimes. You know, like you said, he kind of falls in love with his hands, but he never, like, like got rid of it like some other wrestlers did. Like, he keeps it in his back pocket, and uh, that could be a really fun fight for me. Yep. So if I had if I had to pick, I would say uh, Gaethje takes it 
but hell yeah, Ch- Chandler's impressing me now. Michael Parler Chandler. Michael Parler Chandler. All right, who do we got next? Uh, we got a question from Matt Moore Seven. He says, "Oh yeah, JoJo gets her title show now, right?" Yes, sir. Sorry, man, title shot. Um, yeah, I think I think we talked about this earlier a little bit. We we want to see it. I don't know if she gets it right away, but we definitely want to see it. Yes, sir. Yeah, we like it. Title shot. And uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I want to read it out because uh, girl Layla at Let Me Live, bruh. She me says, live, bro. Who do you think Chandler is fighting next? Do you think Connor steps up to 170 or stays at 155? Does he still go fight Manny now? So many questions. Um, I He's think we talked Dustin about Poirier. Chandler versus Poirier. You think that's the I, fight? After last night, after the stage that they had, they're going to both play hardball like they don't want it. The UFC's going to write checks. They're going to fight. Interesting. Connor the more I'm thinking Diaz. about it, like, especially with Brad's question, like I think because Poirier said he doesn't want the Chandler fight, and he kind of said Oliveira deserves something, which he does. He wants right. the money. He, he's like, money, money. yeah, if, if they throw enough money at him, I think he, he will fight. He's negotiating. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, he probably will fight Poirier. Fuck me. How much power does he really have negotiating the difference between Chandler and Oliveira, though? You know what I mean? This isn't like a difference between Chandler and McGregor. Like, right. I, 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 they're both like Chandler. I think to us, Chandler is is uh, you know an elite top lightweight, but to a lot yeah. of people, they they just saw him last night. But to your point, Mick, I mean, this is a sport. What have you done for me lately? They both had highlights on the same night. He was the yep. main event. The timing, the timing works. You know what I mean? I, I think that's. I think that's where Chandler's. The next story week. writes itself. I mean, yeah. you've got the clips. You've got the audience that you had, and you hope you can draw some of the same people back. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe he doesn't have a lot of you know bargaining power, but I think by saying he doesn't want the fight, he'll go sell hot sauce. He's just taking a page out of McGregor's book. Right. <laughs> what was the other question? The other question was, uh, does Connor step up to 170 or stay at 55, and does he still go fight Manny? Um, you know, I think if he goes up to 70, he does what he always does, and he fights, like, career lightweights at 70. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he never fought, <laughs> 100%. He never, fought, he never fought a legit welterweight at 170. Like, go fight fucking Kamara Usman or fight Colby Covington and tell me. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. not, he's not, he doesn't have a career at 170. He's a really big featherweight and a normal lightweight. Yeah, and uh, so I think he stays at lightweight. If I, if I'm him, yeah, I'd go box fucking Manny Pacquiao for fifty million dollars. You know what I mean? I I would do that if I'm Connor. So that's and if that's a real possibility. So yeah, I could see that happening. The so, only welterweight I could see uh, McGregor fighting, and this is kind of like he was a career lightweight for a while, but he's been established a welterweight for a long time now, sort of a couple so, years. Oh uh, yeah, Masvidal for sure. Yeah, they yeah. they teased that a little bit. There was a whole thing on TMZ when he was like, "I'm the bigger man. He doesn't want to find me. I'm too big for him, or whatever." Yeah, I could see that. Because he he wants that that BMF belt. He did that one press conference. He was like, "The bad motherfucker belt. That should be mine." <laughs> yeah, that would be that'd be an interesting fight. I'd watch that. Hell yeah! Oh yeah! And I have absolutely no interest in the in the Manny Pacquiao boxing match. Like no, I have no interest, but I'm just saying from like if I'm a prize fighter and I'm trying to make as much money as I can in a short window of time, 
yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to take that Manny Pacquiao fight. Oh, you know, you're absolutely right. I was just kind of answering the question, like, does he go to fight Manny? I just th- there's a lot of hurdles. Like, if if the promoter is gonna allow it again, I think they finally got Connor back in the octagon. They want to keep him there. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, but you know, I suppose I, I can't say that I won't watch it because. Because you will. When that, if if I happens, like the whole timeline is going to be talking about it, like it's going to be a circus, like it's it's like a car crash, like I can't look away. Um, and, and to be fair, like the the Tyson Jones Jr. boxing card kind of got me to like watching boxing again, and like the Badu Jack fight was really good. So I'm kind of like one toe into boxing again. So I don't know who we'll see. We'll see. Wow, Jake Paul saved boxing. You heard it here. <laughs> No, the Jake Paul fight was trash. the The one before that was Badu Jack versus I know, I know. some bald That's white guy. That was a really good fight. <laughs> um, at Beaver does at Beaver does movies. I'm actually going on this guy's podcast uh, in a couple days, and he says, "Is Connor versus Tony the fight to make?" What? No. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense, but I've always wanted to see it. I, th- I think I, mean, I think it'll be really as, fun. Doesn't sound. It's actually not as crazy as you now I think about it. I mean. You can't have Connor Con- lose to Tony, though. Yeah, but I mean, it's oh, Tony's yeah. That'll be been, Tony's got the shit beat out of him the last two fights, <laughs> and he's just becoming a shell of himself every time we <laughs> see him. Unfortunately, so I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if the Tony Ferguson we're thinking of that would beat up Conor McGregor exists anymore. You know, I just yeah, I, I I'm don't with know. you one hundred percent. That Gagey fight. I mean, I I just rewatched that recently, and. I don't know if it was because there was no sound in the, there's no people in the crowd, but that was one of the most brutal fights I've seen in a long. I mean, that took years off of that guy's life. Oh that yeah, bad. yeah. It's the way he's shaking his head at the end of it. No, look, yeah, that you was just, horrible. Man. You can't walk away from those the same. You know, you read that uh, was it Jason Knight or uh, Spencer Fisher uh, yeah. story, you oh, know, and you're thinking God. like, oh shit, like <laughs> this dude's gonna be. Uh, eating dinner out of a straw in a few years from this one. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And then you I see did. his like post-fight al- analysis of the Oliveira fight where he was like, he mentally broke in the first round. <laughs> like He had to put an arm bar. <laughs> like, yeah, like he just tore the tendons in your arm. And you're just oh like, in that case, you wouldn't tap. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently there's some see. tendon in the shoulder that's connected to the brain because that's what happened. Like He just ripped that and it kind of had an adverse effect. That would be a fun beat up to a fight. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I think probably not. fights at 170. He takes the DS fight. There's no, there, it, it's, you know, there's nothing to lose at 170. You can just brush it off and say, okay, well, I'll go back down. You know, if mm-hmm. you fight again at 155 to a guy like Tony, and I mean, no disrespect to Tony, right? But like, he's just lost two fights. If you oh, lose yeah. that fight, then you're, you know, you're 0 and 2 in your return. That's um, a good point. It just, it doesn't leave you with a lot of options. And then all of a sudden, that luster off the DS fight isn't really there. You know, like you can only lose so many fights till people, are, you know, till right. these casuals are going to be like, eh, okay, like I don't want to shell out seventy bucks for this anymore. So I think you go up, you take one seventy, and then you still have that storyline if you lose at one seventy to say, okay, well I'm going to go back down, and now I'm going to go, cont- you know, I just think it's a it's a better, I don't know, it's a better career path for him. I think. I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. What's next? Uh, we got a question from Armenian Jiu-Jitsu at Armenian Jiu-Jitsu. He says, does Dustin Poirier have the best boxing in MMA? Um, uh, shit, he's got a claim. He's got a really good claim for it. I mean, I, I saw somebody say he's the best southpaw who's not a southpaw. <laughs> you know, like he really, <laughs> does, he really does like the way he switches stances 
and throws from either hand. I mean, his right hand, yeah, he just, he's got great fucking boxing, man. Um, Holloway's got great, you know, like, of course, Holloway, but, I mean, he's definitely got a claim for it. Well, one yeah. answer is Kelvin Qatar. Um, <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> no, I, I love, I have a love-hate with these, you know, it's like the GOAT conversation, right? Right. Like, they're so subjective, and there's no way to quantify who's the best exactly, boxer because yeah. it's like well who's he fought and how do they fight him and what was their game plan and, right so there's just there's no way to quantify this but i think it's very clear you know dustin poirier is up there along with you know max holloway um yeah i don't i don't yeah. know it's really yeah. hard to quantify these things but he's he's up there absolutely i'll tell you the the only way to quantify it is to literally you want to get zufa boxing is that a thing really dana like put a fucking yeah. boxing yeah. card of your mma fighters of your ufc roster put them in there and like like weight classes do a whole boxing card of just mma fighters and let's see who has the best boxing 2021 yes. the year dana goes running to the ollie act <laughs> <laughs> good luck fucking a Good. Did we cut you off? Were you trying to say something about uh, the boxing thing? No. Um. No. I, yeah. It was just. It was more just piggybacking on mixed point. It's hard to judge some. Like I'm saying, Dustin Poirier's got great boxing, but his hands got all set up by those low kicks. So it's like in such a complete. We could, you know, who's got the best kickboxing might be a better. It's just such a small facet of a entire huge round. The clinch game. You know, it's just. It's yeah. kind of hard to break that down. Who's got just the best hands when? Justin was doing so many different things with feints and leg kicks and all that clinch work, you know, a lot of stuff goes into the success he has with his hands, you know, so 100% pick out who the best boxer is. We got another question from my homie, Steve K Steve K underscore MMA. He says, I will forever stand Dustin's wifey. She is what I shoot for in a woman. Will I ever find that? I mean, Probably what? Not, buddy. Probably <laughs> no. not. You don't even Probably know her, not. man. Like, <laughs> by saying that, you're like, is it because of how she looks? I mean, that's cool, but I can show you a lot of women that look that that no, are unbearable. I think, she was, bearable. I think uh, not only that, end, she was like, "Don't doubt my husband. She is a ride or die." I like, hell yeah, I like her a lot. And and there's definitely one out there for you. Uh, who is it? Steve. There's, K. A, lot of, there's a lot Steve. of fish in the pond, buddy. Yeah. One out there. You'll well, not only you. that, like sh- they were together since high school or whatever. Like they came up, she would drive him to weigh-ins at his amateur fights. Yeah. Like, she's that's the a, definition of a fucking ride or die. Like that's a dumbass bitch. He got lucky, man. You know, he hit the jackpot in high school. Thankfully, he was smart enough to recognize it. One hundred percent. I like. I love that clip though. At the end, my wife loved it too. She goes. Don't you ever doubt my husband again? I was like, that shit was hard as fuck. Right after they got out to her ringside, she's like, don't ever doubt yeah. him again. So yeah, she's a ride or die for sure. Maybe the better question is Jolie versus D. Who gets it done? Oh, oh my god, god. that's an amazing question. <laughs> Jolie would kick the shit out. Jolie, of him. yeah, Jolie Poirier would absolutely Sorry, beat D. the dog shit out of D. But I, I mean, I D's been like, through some shit. Yeah, exactly. D's Connor's dragged through the mud. I mean, D's fought some crack horse at 3 a.m. That we don't know about. <laughs> I mean, she might be a little bit sharper than we think. Can you just imagine her coming in like, what are you doing in my house? Get the fuck out of here. We're having cleaning a baby. The, cleaning up the guest house every Saturday night. Oh, man. This is. Uh, I changed my answer. I'm picking D, man. <laughs> yeah, now that I think about it, D's been through some shit. I, I think it goes to the easy. cards. And uh, and it just depends on uh, what the judges see. 
All right, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that poll to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You have to do that. Um, that's actually all we have. Um, so before I let you guys go, plug your socials. Tell people where they can find you so they can engage in the hilarity that I have been privy to. Yeah, I'm not on any social channels, um, but not at all. <laughs> you can find me at Mixed Man. <laughs> Yep, Twitter at Freelance Goon or personal at Guy Fieri. G-U-Y-F-I-E-R-I. Doing the Lord's work for those restaurant workers. Thank you. Yep, thank you. You're you're a saint, Guy. We love you. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, that's it for, for me. Uh, you guys are the best. And uh, we'll see you out there in the wild. Yeah, anytime right. you need a plan B, you know, you just keep us. Okay, man, like, yeah, here's just, the thing, dude. Just DM us 45 minutes beforehand <laughs> and we'll be here. We ain't got shit to do on a Sunday. I love it. This is great. All right, uh, thanks for having me, man. All right, absolutely. See you, dude. see you guys. But wait, there's more. Uh, thank you, uh, guys, for listening to that. I really, really enjoyed doing that with uh, the homies Mick and Goon. Um, Amazing, amazing night of fights that we were able to recap. And uh, I got the reason I'm adding this is I got a last minute voice question. And if you know me, you know I like to put as many questions as possible. And when they when they come in, I always got to put them in. So this is one from the homie Kairos that just came in. So Juliana Pena called out Amanda Nunes, and I was thinking to myself. If this girl is getting outrappled by strikers, she stands no chance against Amanda Nunes. So that's not what I'm really trying to talk to you about. What I want to talk to you about is this. Who stands a chance against Amanda in the future? Because as it, right now, as it stands, I don't think there's too many people who have a legitimate chance of beating her other than maybe if GDR could keep it standing for 25 straight minutes. But let's say in the next three to five years, who do you think in the women's bandweight division right now if given time, could contend against Amanda Nunes if she's still there? Let me know. Man, this honestly is a really hard question because, especially when you phrase it, who in the women's bandwidth division right now? Because, um, look, you know, my answer is, 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 or what I wanted to say is I think the only one that can pose Val- uh, Amanda problems is Valentina at the moment. And obviously she's ruling the 125 division and, uh, you know, Amanda is ruling 135 and 145. So it, it's really hard to think about who would actually have a chance of beating Amanda when she's, she's kind of proven that she's like leaps and bounds uh, ahead of, of everyone else. Other than the fact, like, I don't know, Irene Aldana, didn't didn't really show up like I thought she would against Holly Holm and um you know I think if Holly was is able to not make the the mistakes that she made against Amanda she could make it an interesting fight but uh other than that you know Amanda's is is queen um so so thank you Kairos and thank you all for for listening to this episode um really love just doing this again is it's, it's bringing me so much joy uh, i kind of miss you all so um that being said good night and good fights <laughs>